and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hi, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. Hope everyone is continuing to stay safe and healthy. Today's show is a fun one. We're sharing how to commit a random act of quiltiness during these times. Not only will it bring joy to those around you, but it'll also bring immense happiness to yourself too. We're giving a few ideas for how to get some basics organized and clean in your sewing space, especially as you're spending more time quilting these days. We share a few stories of quilters making a difference in their communities, as well as how you can get involved in our own Million Pillowcase Challenge. We end the episode with our staff and some readers sharing how quilting is helping them through this time. So let's dive in. Now more than ever, it's time for us all to step up to show compassion, love, and kindness. As we all navigate this new reality, we're working through how to stay safe and healthy, how to process emotions and anxiety, how to cope with new routines and day-to-day tasks, and how to show our friends and family we care, even when we can't be there with them. Our staff came up with the idea of doing a random act of quiltiness, like a random act of kindness, as a way to use our talents to show others we care. Doing something kind for others isn't a totally selfless act, though. Did you know that helping another person not only makes them feel good, but also is good for you? It can help you be happier and healthier. Here's how. When doing a kind act for others, your brain gets a wonderful burst of endorphins, a hormone that contributes to happy feelings. And it doesn't matter how big or small the act is, they both give you the same feeling. When you do something kind for someone, that person feels greater comfort and less stress. You, the giver, in turn experiences a sense of satisfaction and joy which decreases your stress level. It's a win-win. So how can you help during this time? We asked our staff and our Facebook audience for some ideas on random acts of quiltiness, and they had some great ideas we're going to share with you today. They were in a few different categories. The first category was sewing for charity. We know many quilters regularly contribute to charitable organizations. But if you're getting more time in your sewing room and want to start contributing or contribute more, we have a few suggestions. Sew masks for local organizations or family and friends. On episode 464 of this podcast, we talked more about guidelines for sewing masks and things to consider before donating to a local organization. So listen to that episode for more details. But in general, Check with the organization on specific needs and patterns before starting to sew. Since the CDC is now recommending that anyone going out in public wear a cloth mask, it's a great time to offer to make them for family and friends who don't know how to sew 
or don't have the resources. You can drop them off in family and friends' mailboxes or mail some to those who need them with directions to wash before using. You can also set a box of masks in your driveway for passerby to take if they need it. If you do this, it's best to wrap each mask individually in plastic bags to avoid contamination. Another idea, make pillowcases for our 1 million pillowcase challenge. Beth will talk more about this challenge later in the show. Many of the pillowcases donated through this challenge go to local hospitals. Since visitors in the hospital are limited, and it's a scarier place than usual lately, these pillowcases can provide that little extra comfort during people's stays. Also, keep donating quilts to places like Quilts of Valor, Project Linus, and Quilts for Kids. As so many people have shifted their focus to sewing masks, it doesn't mean there's less need from these organizations. The second category was donating supplies and quilts. Especially as some of us use this extra time in our sewing rooms to organize and declutter, we may have fabric and tools ready to get out of our houses. Many of our readers said they are donating extra fabric and supplies to people or organizations who are making masks. We also have people suggest dropping off fabric to sewers who may not have a large stash so they can keep sewing during this time, or to people wanting to learn to sew so that they can use this time productively, or even to parents who may want fabric scraps to teach their kids a new skill or even do art projects with. And some people suggested donating an already finished quilt or making a quick one to donate to someone who could use the extra comfort right now, like someone at a nursing home or care facility who doesn't have visitors right now, family or friends living alone or having health issues, local small business owners under added stress to keep their business afloat, or, of course, a healthcare worker or any other essential worker who may be feeling tired and scared. This last category was a just-for-fun category. These suggestions are great ways to reach out and connect with others, and some are great for getting the kids and family involved, too. Kim B. on our Facebook page had this awesome idea. Send someone a paper-pieced star and the paper pieces for them to make one. They make one for themselves, one for the original sender, then they continue the chain by sending a paper-pieced star to a third person with the paper pieces to pass it on. That's a great way to collect paper-pieced stars from a variety of people, as well as spread the fun to others. Jody, our editor and staff, has been sending a fat quarter to her quilting buddies. She's been decorating the envelopes with artwork and adding a quick thinking of you note. You could also drop off or mail little useful gifts for family and friends to let them know they're in your thoughts. If friends are cooking more during this time, make them a pot holder, a set of napkins, or a wine wrap with a bottle of wine inside. If your family is using this time to catch up on reading, make them handmade bookmarks or notebook covers for journals. And if you know parents entertaining kids, make them some stuffed animals or little tote bags that they can fill with kids' toys. 
The ideas are endless, so we'll link to some ideas and free patterns in our show notes. And one last note, if you're overwhelmed, exhausted, have too much on your plate, or just don't feel creative, don't force yourself to sew or take on more work. Yes, spreading the love with a random act of quiltiness is a fun idea, but you shouldn't feel guilty if you don't have the energy to do that right now. Take care of yourself first so that you can take care of others. We'd love to hear what random act of quiltiness you've done or that someone has done for you. Feel free to reach out and share it with us by email at apqpodcast at meredith.com. We'll be back after this quick ad break. Welcome back. I'm here with Elizabeth Stumbo, the art director of American Patchwork and Quilting for Get Organized, a segment where we give storage tips for your sewing space. Hopefully soon, we will all be able to once again gather together with our sewing friends and start attending classes and retreats in person. In anticipation for all of the future quilt retreats we want to attend, Now is the perfect time to do a little upkeep on your sewing machine and also organize those accessories. Begin by unplugging your machine and removing the spool of thread. When removing thread, remember to snip the thread near the spool and then gently pull the thread forward from the needle in the same direction it would be sewn. Pulling the thread backwards can sometimes cause tension problems and also release extra lint. Next, using a clean, soft cloth, give your machine a good surface dusting. Remove the presser foot, stitch plate, and needle. This is also a great time to replace that needle. Remove the bobbin case and give it a good cleaning also. An inexpensive makeup brush or paintbrush works great to get into all of those tiny spaces and remove fine dust and lint. If you have a mechanical machine, like a featherweight, Now is also a good time to give it a little oiling, following the instructions in the manual. Most electronic machines do not require oil, however. Once you've cleaned your machine, don't forget to use your sewing machine cover to protect it from dust. Even if you you are using your machine regularly, it's a good idea to protect it. If your machine didn't come with a cover, there are lots of adorable sewing machine cover patterns that you can purchase and then customize to match your space and decor. You can also spend some time organizing your machine accessories. If you have more than one machine, investing in a couple of plastic storage bins for each machine is a great tip. Separate the machine accessories, manuals, cords, and feet for each machine into a separate container and then be sure to label that container. It's also helpful to label the bottom of your foot pedal with the name of the machine it belongs to. To help keep your sewing machine feet organized within the container, use a small jewelry or bead organizer. These containers have lots of small compartments to organize all of those machine feet. You can also add a quick label to each compartment so you know exactly where to return the feet after using. To keep your bobbins organized, store them inside an old medicine bottle or separate them with a foam toe spacer used for pedicures. These tools are very inexpensive and the foam material perfectly grips the wound bobbins, keeping the threads from tangling. 
You could also add a post-it note to the lid of the container to help you keep track of the last time you cleaned or serviced your machine. This extra time at home is also a great opportunity to tackle some of those UFO projects since shopping for new materials is somewhat limited right now. If you have a pile of finished quilt tops ready to be quilted, organize them on a multiple arm pant hanger, putting them in order in which you want to have them quilted. Pant hangers are great because they utilize vertical hanging spaces, freeing up storage space in drawers and shelves. We would suggest folding your quilt tops with the right sides together so that the backing shows. This helps further protect your quilt tops from spills and sun damage. Now would also be an opportune time to brainstorm some quilting designs for all of those UFOs. You can search for some quilting inspiration online, in books, and in magazines. With more time spent at home these days, you might also want to try quilting your UFOs yourself. Personally, I love adding big stitch quilting to smaller projects, and this was a really fun trend we, our editor saw at QuiltCon this year. Quilters were exploring lots of different stitches to help add texture and pattern to their quilts, and also big pops of color. You could also spend this time learning how to quilt using your domestic machine. There are lots of great online classes and books available to help you get started. Spend some time sketching and practicing the patterns on paper first. Tracing the repetitive shapes and patterns can also be very therapeutic. Great tips. I know I definitely have been sewing a lot more recently, so need to take the time to clean my machine and show my tools some love. Next, we're moving on to Quilting Changes Everything with Allison Gam, the designer of Quilts and More, which is a segment where we share inspiring stories of quilters making a difference in their communities. A few weeks ago, Allison shared details on those sewing masks, so today she's highlighting some other worthy stories. As quilters, we make a lot of projects, but can you imagine making upwards of 800 quilts? One couple in Washington has done just that. Mel and his wife, Max, decided to use their quilting skills to help benefit others. About nine years ago, a friend brought up the Columbia Basin Cancer Foundation and thought they might benefit from receiving a couple of quilts. Mel and Max were inspired by this idea and have been making quilts for the foundation ever since. Max said, what we're doing now, I like because it's helping somebody out there. It makes a person feel like they're wanted. Each quilt that they make is 44 inches square. They're large enough to cover a person's legs, but not so large that they get caught in wheelchair wheels. It only takes Mel one day to make an entire quilt from start to finish. Even though it doesn't take him very long, he still makes sure that there are beautiful, well thought out elements in each design. He likes working with any and all colors, but he does have some rules. He tries to break up busy prints with some solids, but he also makes sure not to put two of the same print or color in a row. Mel and Max do so much sewing that they actually have two sewing rooms. They both use vintage singers dating back to 1950. Max said they go frontwards and backwards, which is really all you need. In addition to sewing for the Columbia Basin Cancer Foundation, they've made quilts for friends, family, and their local church. A lot of fabric used for those 800 quilts comes from a store in Grand Coulee that Mel once owned. He had a lot of fabric left over when he the He had a lot of fabric left over when the store closed. They've also received many donations and purchase materials on their own. 
Mel and Max are working their way towards 900 quilts. They both enjoy helping others through this process and also find that it gives them a great creative outlet. That's couple goals right there. Seriously. (laughs) And I love that they have their own separate sewing rooms. (laughs) That's so cute. All right. Our next story is about days for girls. For most of our listeners, you can relate when I say having your period can be a nuisance. Luckily, many of us have resources to handle this monthly occurrence. We can go out and buy tampons or pads, all while still being able to go about our daily activities. Unfortunately, for many women around the world, they don't have these luxuries. Days for Girls is an amazing organization that helps supply feminine hygiene products for those who don't have access. The foundation was created when Celeste Mergens, founder and CEO, was working in an orphanage in Nairobi. She found out the girls were sitting on cardboard for several days each month, usually going without food unless someone brought it to them. After first deciding to give them disposable pads, Celeste quickly learned that there was no place to dispose of them and it wasn't a sustainable solution. Instead, she decided that these girls needed washable, reusable pads. Days for Girls has chapters set up around the U.S. and Canada where you can get involved in making these reusable feminine hygiene products. Volunteers sew pads and liners, which get packed into kits. All kits include two pairs of underwear, two pads, eight liners, soap and washcloth, and instructions, which are all packed into a transportable laundry bag. Smaller kits are also available. All of the pads are made with colorful printed cotton fabric, which not only hides stains, but also allows the girls to feel beautiful and special. All of the liners are made to look like washcloths, so they don't feel embarrassed when they're hanging out to dry after being washed. There are so many benefits to providing girls with reusable hygiene products. For starters, it normalizes periods. By providing these materials, girls are also able to go to school and continue learning rather than just sitting in their rooms waiting for their period to be over. I actually read a story about one girl who was convinced she was dying because she was bleeding every month for a couple of years, not realizing that she was actually perfectly healthy. 23% of girls in India drop out of school because they lack access to toilets and sanitary pads. And in rural western Nepal, girls are sent to live in small, isolated sheds for the duration of their period. In many rural and remote areas, girls don't have adequate access to hygiene products. One study in Ghana showed that nearly 97% of schoolgirls felt more confident while wearing pads, and 98% felt like they were able to concentrate better in school. Here at work, we're fortunate enough to work with fabric companies that send us material to feature in upcoming issues. We aren't able to feature all of the fabric that gets sent our way, so we donate to various local groups. One of the groups we work with is our local Days for Girls chapter. It's always great knowing that these fabrics are being put to good use for those who really need it. If you're interested in getting involved for Days for Girls, head to their website to find out how you can volunteer. On their website, you can also see if there are any local chapters you can join. In our culture, we don't really talk about periods, and it can feel like a taboo topic. We hide tampons in pockets. We feel embarrassed standing in the feminine. Ooh. We feel embarrassed standing in the feminine hygiene aisles at a store. We have nicknames like "that time of the month," or as I affectionately call them, "girl problems." Having your period can be even more taboo in the areas around the world. I think it's great when we can add a little bit of normalcy to this thing that half of the world's population deals with on a monthly basis. Absolutely. And we just know that helping girls get educated is one of the best things that we can do for the whole world. Yes, so, exactly. So it's one small, one small step we can all take to help everyone. Yep. Thanks, Allison. So, earlier in the show, we mentioned sewing pillowcases as a random act of quiltiness. 
Beth Peterson, our sales promotion manager, is going to give more details on our 1 million pillowcase challenge and how you can get involved. Hi, this is Beth, and I wanted to give a quick 1 million pillowcase challenge update. Our March Madness competition ended at the end of March, and the competition was fierce. Despite the challenges of sewing pillowcases during a pandemic, the total number of pillowcases made during the month was 8,250. A huge thank you to everyone who participated. We know it was even more of a challenge this year with many teams stitching pillowcases from their homes instead of gathering to sew. And now I'd like to announce the winning teams. Drum roll, please. In our large group or quilt shop category, first place was awarded to M&R Sewing and Vacuum in Madison, Wisconsin. The group Cricket Comforts in Gorham, Maine came in second, and Gamel Gems Janome Club hailing from West Plains, Missouri took third. In our small group or individual category, first place was awarded to the Bancal Family Sewers of Hewitt, Texas. The next two winners were individuals, single-handedly sewing pillowcases for the cause. Catherine A. from Ruidoso, New Mexico came in second, and Sharon L. from Harrison, Arkansas took third. Great job! Congratulations to all our winners. And I apologize if I butchered anyone's names or towns. I'm also so excited to announce that we've surpassed 950,000 pillowcases that have been donated. We're now fewer than 50,000 pillowcases to go before we reach our goal. We continue to be amazed that pillowcases are still showing up at our office despite everything going on in the world right now. We've always said quilters are a generous group of people, and you are proving that now more than ever. With many of us spending more time at home, it's a great time to sew for charity. We know many of you are already sewing masks, but when you need a break from pleats and ties, pillowcases are so fun and easy to make. Consider making pillowcases for those in nursing homes and hospice care that aren't able to see their loved ones at this time. Donating a pillowcase is a lot like sending a virtual hug, which is so needed in this time of social distancing, quarantine, and shelter-in-place orders. If you'd like to help us reach our goal of 1 million pillowcases, visit allpeoplequilt.com mpc to find more than 80 free patterns and suggested charities. And don't forget to record the number of pillowcases you've donated. For the quickest way to find that donation form, visit allpeoplequilt.com slash donate. In this time of uncertainty, sewing can provide a welcome distraction, and sewing for charity allows us to use our talents to make a difference. Stay healthy and keep on stitching. We'll be back after this quick ad break. We're ending the show today with our staff and some readers sharing how quilting is helping them through this time. We're all coping in different ways, but hopefully sewing can help us all stay sane. For me personally, I'm using this time to learn a new skill. I've always wanted to learn how to hand piece, and after reading how handwork can reduce anxiety, I thought it was the perfect time to start a hand piecing project. I pulled a color palette from my stash that made me happy, and I'm using a combination of diamonds, squares, and triangles to piece a quilt. I have no plan. It's just an excuse to make it up as I go, get creative, and enjoy some freedom, 
especially during a time when I don't feel like I have very much freedom. Right now, it's the size of a small table topper, but I plan to just keep sewing until it feels finished. It's been such a relaxing way to spend my nights and keep my hands and mind occupied. This is Jody Sanders, editor of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine. I just wanted to reach out today and just tell everyone how heartwarming it has been to see all of the sewing that's been going on the last few weeks. We know a lot of you are making masks for your family and friends and uh, co-workers, people in your community, essential workers. Uh, it's just been really heartwarming to see how you're adapting the different patterns that are out there to fit the needs of the folks that you're making masks for. And it's just very encouraging and inspiring to see all of that right now. We also know that you're making pillowcases that are being uh, part of the One Million Pillowcase Challenge, and we appreciate uh, your continued support of that program, and we know that those pillowcases are bringing a bright smile to many people who may be having a tough time right now. So we just want to reach out and thank you for that as well. Um, in addition to making masks and also continuing to make pillowcases, those of us on the staff are also finding other ways that... Um, we're kind of working through some of the things that we're going through right now. So whatever things you're doing, it's okay for you. There's no right or wrong way to kind of work through. Some days may be easier and some days may be harder. I know for me, some days I feel like sewing and some days I don't, and that's okay. One of the things I have been doing is uh, some hand piecing. There is a pattern in the June issue of American Patchwork and Quilting. It's called Inner Circle, and it's by designer Katie Porter. It is a hand piecing table topper. It's circular in design. Um, it's kind of got a star motif, and it's super scrappy, which is a pattern that, um, two things that I love, scrappy and stars. And so that's what I've been working on in the evenings. It's very therapeutic for me to just sit and with a needle and thread do a little bit of hand piecing and kind of see that project as it develops. So uh, we hope that you're finding some time um, in the busy days that we know that you're having right now and can find a little time to do whatever kind of sewing or quilting um, is helpful for you during these times. Here is a story that was submitted to us by Lois Miller from Alberta, Canada. She says, all I can say is thank you to Facebook for having quilting groups to go to. I regularly make quilts for Quilts of Valor Canada, my local guild, and an abused women's shelter. They are going to get a huge influx of quilts from me, I think. I like to have lunch out and go shopping a lot almost every day during the week. Now my time is being spent in my sewing room. I'm so glad that I have the equipment and the stash to keep me going for quite some time. I've tried a few things that I haven't done for a while, like Quilt As You Go, and I'm making samples for a future quilting class that I will teach once things get back to normal. The Quilt Along project got me back to some paper piecing too. I'm so glad that I have hobbies at this time. I know some people who are struggling to entertain themselves, and all I have to do is hit the sewing room and I'm not bored. I'm Doris Burnett, editor of Quilt Sampler Magazine, and I'm always inspired by the generosity and thoughtfulness amongst the quilting community during tough times. 
And locally, I belong to a chapter of the Modern Quilt Guild, and um, we're about 50 people strong, but it's just a really good group. Um, a lot of great friends in there. We share um, things daily via Instagram and Facebook. Keep in touch that way. And last week, we had our monthly guild meeting uh, via Zoom, and it was fun just to see people's faces and hear their voices. Not quite the same as being together, but um, certainly better than having to miss our meeting altogether. So we had show and tell via Zoom and everything, so it was fun. Uh, early on during the quarantine, someone in our guild appointed themselves Quilt Fairy and has put together little gift bags for every member in the of the guild. And over the course of the last three weeks of quarantine, um, they've been delivering those to their porch or to their mailbox, um, trying not to be seen. And um, it's probably a good thing for the quilt fairy because it gives them a chance to get out and take a little drive. But it's been such a bright spot in each recipient's day. I know I was super happy when I found one in my mailbox. Um, and then the recipient shares it in the Facebook group so we get to see what who received a visit that day and what they got in their bag. So it's been really fun. Um, they're personalized for each person. There's a fat quarter in the bag that's specifically selected for that person's taste and a pattern and candy, just some little goodies, um, something to bring a little joy to that person during a difficult time. So it's just a really thoughtful, generous thing to do and has brought so much joy to the group. Hi everyone, my name is Joanna Bergerino and I am the editor of Quilts More Magazine. Quilting has been helping me through this time by bringing a little color into my life, especially as I've been staying home. I've been looking through my stash with new appreciation, pulling and combining fabrics even without a project in mind. There's just something about seeing all the happy prints and bright colors displayed in front of me that lifts my mood. It reminds me that there's still life and vibrancy out in the world, even if sometimes you have to look for it. Of course, going through my stash has also given me an excuse to buy some new fabric online from my local quilt shop. I always took for granted that I could pop into the store whenever I wanted, and now that I can't, I'm really missing talking to the staff there. I want to keep supporting them so that I can go visit the shop when things get back to normal. The owner even wrote me the sweetest little message on my order slip because she recognized my name when my online order came in. It really made my day, and it's just been making me think about how much my many quilting friends mean to me, and especially as I cut into those new fabrics, how much I can't wait to see them in person again. Here's a story submitted to us by Laura Richard from Dakota Dunes, South Dakota. She says, My name is Laura, I am 33 years old, and I just started quilting two years ago, so I'm still pretty new, but already extremely passionate about this lifestyle. Over the last six months or so, I've been searching for and collecting a line of fabrics made by In the Beginning called America's Garden. I finally collected them all, figured out the pattern I want to do, have the background fabric, and it's all been sitting in my quilt room for at least two months because I'm really intimidated by the project. Working with 50-plus fabrics is new for me, and I've never made a queen-sized quilt before. This will be my biggest project yet. The last couple weeks, however, with all of this quarantining going on around our country, I have finally gotten this project out and have been really productive on it. This project has a state flower fabric for each state, 
and I'm learning that as I work on these blocks, it gives me a really nice opportunity to think about and pray for the people in that state, especially if there has been anything on the news about them specifically. I'm going through them alphabetically, and I have 20 finished so far at this point. My main focus is, of course, people's health and safety and getting through these uncertain time and stressful time. But I also think a lot about the small businesses, especially quilt shops in any of these given states, hoping they will survive through this difficulty, that shop owners will keep healthy financially, mentally, and emotionally, as well as physically. It brings me so much joy to be working on this project right now. The timing just seems perfectly right for me to be piecing these blocks. In my own weird little way, I feel like each block I make, my heart is spending time with that state, wishing the people the best, praying for the health and safety of the citizens, wisdoms for the leaders, and that our beautiful, strong nation will work together to make the best of the current situation and push through to sunnier days once again. It's amazing how something as simple as quilting can be so calming and hopeful, and I love feeling productive during all the days at home. One quick little factoid I'll add is I'm piecing this on my new-to-me Singer Featherweight, which just gives me this added appreciation for our history as Americans and the rough times we have seen and come through over the decades. I love being connected to the past in this way while creating something that, to me, commemorates what we are experiencing today as a whole nation. This project sat around in my room for months because I was nervous to start on it. There are people across our nation who are suffering and fearing much bigger things than just a quilting project, and in that light, I have been very motivated lately to push through, ignoring my fear, and tackle this project that I am dedicating to my beloved American people. I love my country, and I love this quarantine quilt that reminds me of all the people who make America strong and proud. Hello quilters, I'm Elizabeth Stumbo, the art director for American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine. I've been so impressed by people who are taking advantage of their extra time at home right now to catch up on UFOs or to start new projects. Unfortunately, I am not one of them. My home sewing room has been converted to my home office during this time, so I haven't felt much like working on large quilt projects. However, I have been spending some time on small handwork projects, and I find working with wool so comforting. And when I was recently sorting through my closet, I discovered a wool kit I purchased from Buttermilk Basin a couple of years ago. The kit is for an adorable set of three Christmas ornaments featuring a festive snowman, a Santa Claus, and an evergreen tree. Finding that kit was just the motivation I needed because it included everything I needed to get started. I've been working on the ornament some in the evenings when I want to take a break from the news or from just constantly scrolling on my phone. I'm hoping to finish them soon and might actually be able to give them as gifts this year. I'm planning to use them as gift toppers on presents wrapped in simple brown craft paper for my family, so it'll be like giving them each a little bonus gift. And since I'm spending so much more time at home, I've also been inspired to do a tiny bit of redecorating by swapping out some of the quilts I use to decorate my home. I hung up a new quilt last weekend in my living room and have also been redecorating my home office while dreaming up a new project to display in the room. 
If you are also getting tired of looking at the same things day after day, I highly recommend rotating your quilt displays around. It's a really quick and easy way to refresh your spaces. I'm Allison, the designer of Quilts and More. During this pandemic, I've been doing a lot of sewing, even more than usual. I've had a lot of nervous energy lately, which typically leaves me restless. I've been turning to sewing to keep both my hands and mind occupied. There have been many times where I've gotten lost for hours in my sewing room while working on a project and listening to podcasts. I especially enjoy listening to podcasts while I sew because they're mentally engaging, and then my mind doesn't even have a chance to wander and start panicking about the situation that we're all in. I remind myself not to feel guilty when I decide to sneak off to my sewing room rather than spend time with my significant other. Don't worry, we do spend plenty of time together, but it's equally important to have some quality me time. It has done my mental health a world of good, especially during this time of uncertainty. Since sewing is largely a solitary hobby, I've been really appreciating the connection that social media provides. Connecting through Instagram and seeing what others are making is very uplifting and offers a great sense of community during this time apart. I feel very fortunate that this quilting hobby we love so much can be done while staying safe at home. Hi all and thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.